Well, this morning, we're going to be talking about spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. Uh, spiritual maturity. Uh, we're, we're talking in, in the series uh, about maturity, maturing in spiritually. We're talking about maturing all different areas and ways. Andrew gave an awesome interview last week. If you weren't here, get the CD, listen online. Uh, it's it's going to be good. So we're talking this week about spiritual maturity. Uh, spiritual maturity is is kind of hard to define. Uh, I, I think, reason being, I think it looks different for all of us. Um, every one of us is is in a different spot in in the process of spiritual maturity. I, I thank God we're 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 not all robots. We're not all the same. It doesn't look that's a spiritually mature person. That's exactly what they look like. Thank God we don't, it's not like that. Amen? We heard about the, the awesome way the body of Christ works together, the awesome way we, uh, God uses each one of us. Liz shared the, in the lifeline of how the, the body of Christ is used together. And we're all different and we're all, we can't look at somebody and say, this is the example of what spiritual maturity is. Right? But at the same time, there are certain things and, and, and characteristics and things in people's lives, and there's certain mindsets and mentalities that makes us spiritually mature, right? Now, spiritual maturity is not something we just, like, we get saved and, bam, you're, you're mature, spiritually mature. Woo! Right? You look at some of the, the, the biblical examples of people we would look at and say they were, they were spiritually mature people, right? You, you look at Paul, for example. He wrote half the New Testament. He was, went through the process and went through a, right? Went through a process. God, God came and, and, and matured him. And Paul, even when he came before the Lord, said, I'm the worst of sinners, man. My righteousness is filthy rags. Ugh. You have no idea what goes on in my head, no idea of the thoughts that go in my head. And uh, it, the, he talked about it in, in Romans, the, the battle of his thought life and the battle of the mind. And the, and, and the, there was a process God had to work out. There. Even though we're spiritually mature, there's still things that we struggle with and deal with. And Right? We're still human. You look at the, the disciples, man, they were hanging out with Jesus for three years. You think Jesus was a, the great discipler, right? Hanging out with him for three years? They were still messed up. They still needed maturing. They still needed things God, God was dealing with and God was changing and God was... There were still things that, you know, they, they're, they're hanging out with Jesus, spending time with Jesus, getting to know Jesus, learning his ways, learning what he's about, and they're still arguing with one another who's the greatest. What, what does that look like? They were probably arguing about, you know, I, I saw one person raised from the dead and ten people healed, and what, did you, what happened to you? Huh? I, I, don't, I don't know. I picture, what, what does that look like to argue who's the greatest? All right. It's not automatic, it's not passive, and it's not instant. So the, the Bethel's exa- uh, 
definition of uh, maturity is loving God, loving people, loving ourselves freely and fully. Andrew broke that down really, really good last week. Um, Dictionary definitions state of full development, complete or full grown. I look at Paul. Paul says, oh, sorry, not that I've already obtained all, all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ took hold of me. That word perfect, it could be translated mature. Not that I'm already mature, I'm not already arrived, I'm, there's still a work in pro, I'm still a work in process, I'm still, right? We're all still works in process. All of us. Doesn't matter how we look at somebody, so mature, so they got it all together, they're, they're, there's nothing ungodly about them, they're still a work in process. So we're going to look at some characteristics about people who are are mature and people who are immature. So first one, sorry for anybody who's fasting. First one, a mature person eats meat. Right? Amen. Someone's immature drinks milk. Any of you have kids? You know what I'm talking about? What is the process of when a kid starts to feed themselves? <laughs> our, dog, our dog Pepper uh, camps out. She just camps out right underneath Wesley's high chair. That's where she knows she's going to get fed. She's going to get everything. It's amazing. Stuff goes everywhere. Stuff is, you know, when you first get a kid, give a kid a spoon, and he's. <laughs> How does it end up on the piano? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Now, it's good for, for uh, children to crave pure spiritual milk, right? What was it saying? Uh, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by you may grow up in your salvation. Right? Kids crave milk. It's what sustains them. It's what gives them life. It's what, right? There's a craving. When, when they crave milk, what? What happens? Right? We hear, we hear from them. What happens when you don't give a, a child milk? They get louder and louder and louder. What happens over time if you don't give a child milk? They die. <laughs> we got to go beyond just craving milk. We got to go beyond, you know, it'd be cool if, if you know, my, my six, almost seven-year-old, if all he drank was milk, he probably wouldn't be too healthy. If, all, if, if, if he didn't know how to feed himself, if he didn't know how to, you know, there, there's a process along the way. There's, there's, there's things that happen. First, they crave the milk. Then, then they, they begin to feed themselves and get it everywhere. And then, then they can start actually feeding themselves. And then 
Now they get to the point where, hey, Cooper, go make a sandwich. He can make his own sandwich. It's amazing. <laughs> but now we're to a point where, hey, Cooper, go clean up after yourself. Because you're ma- amazing what make your own sandwich. Whoa. Cooper, you made your sandwich with honey today. That's great. (laughs) My wife knows. There comes to a point in, in our maturing process when not only do we learn to feed ourselves, we learn to pick up after ourselves, we also pitch in to help. Right? I don't trust Cooper yet to help make food. Uh, sandwich once in a while, it's fine, but he's not in the kitchen cooking and, you know, well, oh, I'm losing a finger. Uh, you know, I just, there's a process. There's a process of maturity, right? So we got to learn to eat. Learn to eat. Learn to feed yourself. If you're waiting for the pastor to feed you once a week, is that really going to sustain you and mature you spiritually? No. Anyone who lives on milk is being still an infant is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness, but solid food is for the what? For the what? For the mature. Solid food is for the mature. Solid food, solid food of God's word, solid food of his teaching. <clears throat> Next thing we're going to talk about, someone who is mature is, has deep roots. It's interesting, we were talking about the, the vine, the grapevine. We have this cool illustration right back there. You know you can't overwater grapes, grapevines? Because if you overwater them, their roots won't go deep enough. They won't actually, they actually when, you, when you give them less water, they press the roots down. They go find water and become strong and mature. And so someone who is not mature has shallow roots. I want to turn, you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. So Matthew chapter 13 uh, is a chapter of the sower. And then Jesus breaks it down and he gives them a clear picture of what the sower is. Matthew chapter 13, uh, starting in verse 11, he says, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more and who has an abundance and, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even, even what he has will be taken away from him. This is what I speak to them, why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand, in them must fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For, the peop- for this is people's heart. For this people's heart to become callous. They hardly hear with their eyes. They hardly hear with their eyes, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, 
in turn, and I will heal them. But blessed are your eyes because you see, and your ears because you hear. For I tell you the truth that many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see and did not see, and hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then, this is what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. Snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who receives the seed and fell on the rocky places. The one who hears, hears the word and once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell along the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. The one who receives the seed that fell on the good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So you get the picture here. Somebody uh, in, in the New Testament times, Jesus' time, what, they would go into a field and they would uh, sow seeds, right? They had this, this sash thing in a, in a sack full of seeds and then they would just, whoo, right? We're sowing. And, and, and at that time, it was kind of, a, kind of a guess where they landed, Right? And over time, they didn't have, like we have now, farming equipment and all that. So, so actually, they would, they would walk specific paths through the field, right? And they were, they were walking a specific path, right? And the stuff that fell on the path did, didn't, didn't grow because it was hard and, right? Birds would come and eat it away, right? So they're, they're walking and they're, they're sowing seed and... They probably were more, they were probably smarter than this, but to me, it almost seems like it was like, well, we hope something grows. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I need to study that more. But I'm, I'm picturing this guy, you know, walking on the, fo- the footpath, the stony ground, the, th- the birds come and eat it away. Then, then there's the, the, the weeds come and choke others out. Then there's, there's, there's others that, the roots didn't go down deep enough, and because the roots didn't go down deep enough, they faded away, right? It's a pretty simple picture, but I think it's, the issue was never the seed. It was always a condition of the soil. It's always a condition of the heart. Where's your heart? I want my roots to go down deep. I want the roots of God's word to go deep into my heart. I don't want to be in that place where the foot traffic, the foot traffic of worries and doubts and my past, the foot traffic of hurts and pains and wounds, and God sows seed and wants, wants to throw the word of God in your heart and give you something so they can mature you. And because of, the, because of that footpath, that those, those mindsets and tendencies and things where God's, God's word can't penetrate and can't grow. 
Then, then it talks about the, the, sorry, let's see here. Listen then what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message of the kingdom and does, does, does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. The evil one comes and snatches it away. Birds come and snatch it away. I'm going to tell you the next thing in, in the parable he's talking about is there's demonic influence that doesn't want you to mature. The enemy hates it when people mature spiritually. And he'll do everything he can to stop you. There's demonic influence trying to stop you from maturing. Some of you, some of you, you want to grow and you want to mature, but there's, there's something, there's demonic influence. I set up a prayer appointment on Monday nights with Gene. There, there's things that we can help. We want to help. We want to see you grow. We want to see you mature. Right? Amen? I know that's a weird subject to even talk about in church, but hey. (laughs) It's a good place to talk about it. Yeah. The one who receives the seed that fell in the rocky place is the one man who hears the word but once receives it with joy, but he has no root at last for only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, he quickly falls away. So a lot of times what happens is the seed of the word of God and, the, and God's message and, and God's kingdom, and I want to impart to you, I want to, and trouble and persecution come. It's hard. It's hard to walk it out. It's hard to stay in it, to stay in that place of, God, what are you saying? What are you speaking? You know, I heard a message on Sunday morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go deep. I'm going to let those roots go down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear it apart. I'm going to chew on it. I'm going to... But then trouble and life happens, and you're like, what was that message on Sunday? I don't, I don't remember. Because we get so busy with, consumed with stuff, Right? The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns, the man who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out. <laughs> Making it unfruitful. This is a, this is a challenge as a youth pastor. Uh, I, I see it so much. So many, you would not believe how much stuff kids have. They all got their iPods, they all got their phones, they all got the, they all got technology stuff, and they've all got, you know, like, and you want your roots to go deep, and you want the roots of the Word of God to go deep, and you can't, you can't spend five minutes with the Word of God because you're so, we're so torn in so many directions, the deceitfulness of life and the, what does it say, the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth. We pursue that, man. Let your roots go down. It means staying with it. It means chewing on it. It means chewing on the word. It means spending time with the word. It means allowing the word of God, the seed of the word of God, to go and penetrate those areas in your life that are hard. Amen? All right, we're going to move on. Oh. 
Uh, and I might give you some examples of, of someone with deep, deep roots, what that looks like. Someone with deep roots, persevere through trial. Perseverance must finish its work so that it may be mature. You may be what? Mature and complete, not lacking anything. James 1.4 says perseverance. We've got to per- persevere. The perseverance that takes place. Somebody that's mature, spiritually mature, goes through, per- perseveres through trial. They're not the ones that get choked out. They're not the ones that fall on the, 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 the rocky soil. They persevere through it. I'm telling you, there, there's a maturing process that happens even as we're going through trial. God uses trial in our life to mature us. I don't know about you, I don't want to go through the same, the same test over and over and over again and not learn from it. I want, I want to learn from God. I'm, I, oh, I got a trial, something, something that's difficult, something with questions and uncertainties and I don't understand. I want to persevere through that. I want to learn. God, what are you saying? What are you doing? What's going on? I want to learn from this. I don't want to be in that place of having to learn the same lesson over and over and over. I don't want to be in the patterns. I don't want to be on the footpath where God's word can't even penetrate because we're so stuck in our way. Someone who has deep roots was not deceived. Jesus answered, Watch out for no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am Christ and will deceive many. Jesus said, The end times, deceivers are going to come. I could show you YouTube clips of people who are being deceived. There's one dude in, in Australia, he says, I'm Jesus, this is my partner Mary. Uh, he's got hundreds of followers. And it shows in his meetings, him ministering over people and people crying. And all, like, Jesus said, part of the end times is people are going to deceive and be deceived. We look at the other... The, the rest of Matthew 24, and we see there's wars and rumors. Anybody heard of a rumor of war lately? We are earthquakes, famine, nakedness, sword, all that stuff. It says that those are signs of the end times. One of the things he says is deception is going to come more and more. If you're not rooted in the word and you don't let, allow the word to go down deep in you and you get, start feeding yourself, not, not what's pastor going to give me? What's the podcast going to give me? What's this going to But what, is, what, what am I getting out of the word? What is, you know, there's times where you just got to sit. It doesn't make sense to me. God, speak to me through this. Make your word come alive to me. He said his word is living and active. Be living and active to me because it don't make sense right now. God's word coming to life in us. To where it went, when somebody comes along and says, you know, hell's not really real. Hell is just, you know, it's a place on earth, you know. You can take that and say, you know, that does, no, no. You take somebody like that who says hell is not real and now he's saying homosexuality is fine and all kinds of other 
weird stuff. And people in his church are fine with it. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Just looking to him to feed, feed them. Instead of getting in the word for themselves, what, is, what are you saying, God? I want my roots to go deep. Amen? Your roots to go deep. Mature, a spiritually mature person's roots go down. There's, a, there, there's something that happens. Yes, we have foundation. We, uh, you know, uh, several times in the, in the New Testament, 2 Timothy 3.13, Hebrews 13, 7-9, uh, other, other scriptures, it talks about be careful you're not deceived. Watch out for deception. And if you think you're in a place where you're not going to be deceived, you better be careful. It's very clear. Spiritually mature person has roots that go down. Amen? Someone with deep roots has a conscience informed by Scripture, not opinions. Romans 12, 2. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. <clears throat> Solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to dis- distinguish between good and evil. They can distinguish good from evil. Part of the deception that comes and part of the things that are, are nothing makes sense anymore. And, you know, Jesus is only one of, there's several ways to get to heaven. We hear the stats, we see the stats of, of young people going off to, to college. 60% in the first two years of college will walk away from the church. Don't want anything to do with it. College students that go to go to college, you you, you go to college. It's an antichrist spirit there, man. If your roots aren't deep, you're not grounded in the Word. You're not mature in your faith. You're not feeding yourself. Your your mindset is only made up of your own opinions and your own uh, fears and failures and mindsets and family history. And if it's not made and rooted in the Word of God. Watch out. We need to have our minds formed by the Word of God. Amen? All right, moving on. Someone who is mature. This one was a little hard to word. I don't know if it makes sense. Has the fruit of the Spirit as well as spiritual gifts. Someone who is immature has a spiritual gifts, but little fruit. Let me explain. I don't know if this exactly how I'm trying to say it, but uh, w- what I'm trying to say is, well, here, let me, let me do the, the next slide. <laughs> it says, therefore, you, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed, right? So he's saying to the Corinthian church, Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, he says, you, you don't lack anything. You have every spiritual gift. You have, you have it all. Let me look at what he says in chapter 3. Brothers, I cannot address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I give you milk, not solid food, 
You're not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still, not, you're still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you're not, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? So he's saying, you got all the spiritual gifts, everything, you have it all. God's given you everything you need for, for, to live a godly life. Is that what it says in 1 Peter? He's given you everything you need. It says you, he's given you all the spiritual gifts. Look what it says. Let's go back. You do not lack any spiritual gift. Yet, he's saying, they didn't lack spiritual gifts, yet they were immature and acting like babies and not eating, not feeding themselves and not, right? It's interesting that when Jesus talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, he's talking about the the gifts of the Spirit and what, is, what it's all about. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit and what, what that brings. And right in between, he's saying the love chapter. The context of the love chapter is the gifts of the Spirit. He's saying you're going to have all those things, but if you have not love, you're noisy. Shut up. Men's paraphrase. <laughs> Someone who is mature. This is kind of where uh, you guys have been reading along in this growing maturity. There is some extras back there. Uh, the ushers will have them available at the end. But uh, just kind of walking through what what this is kind of supplementing the teaching series and what's happening. And it was something that this really kind of hit on this week was someone who is mature hears and obeys out of trust and love. Someone who is immature is broken into obedience. Psalm 32, I'll instruct you. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. So he's going to lead us gently. Nice? He says, Don't be like the horse of the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by the bit and the bridle. Or they will not come to you. Don't be stubborn. There's something about somebody who is walking in maturity can is led out of relationship, is led out of hears and obeys out of trust and love. When, when th- there's something that happens when the Holy Spirit asks us to walk in something or be in obedience and, and, and the enemy comes against it and he, and he brings all kinds of trials and t- tribulations and, and suddenly we're saying our, our, our mind, our will, our emotions, our, our heart is saying, this doesn't make any sense. I'm doing what God asked me to do. Right? When we respond out of our spirit, when our spirit man is the one ruling, when our spirit man is the one who's mature, and, and I'm spiritually mature, I'm spiritually, there's something maturing in my life. It doesn't matter the circumstances around you, the, the external circumstances. Yeah, that's why when we're, we're, when we're immature, we need, we need the audible voice of God. We need, 
We need, you look throughout Scripture, there was, there was crazy signs and wonders, and wow, God, you're amazing. But there comes a time in somebody's life when they're walking with Jesus long enough that, you know what, I, I, don't, need, I don't even need to inquire of him right now. I know what he, I know what he thinks, I know what he acts like, I know what, I know what he's going to say. I understand and I trust him. I'm going to walk in obedience. I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm not saying don't check in with him or don't talk or don't pray or don't communicate. That's what I'm going to say, not what I'm saying. I'm saying there comes a, a time in your life where there's a maturity that takes place where I know his ways. And he can trust me. We can trust each other. He doesn't have to be someone who's like cracking the whip on me. Get moving, you stubborn mule. Get moving. No, but there's a, there's a, it's, it's out of relationship and it's out of trust and it's out of, oh man, I love him. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I want to hear his voice. Someone who is mature. Desires not only personal growth, but multiplication. Someone who is immature doesn't seek growth, much less multiplication. So you know the Hebrews 4, 11 through 13 says... <clears throat> is he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. To, be, to prepare God's people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity. We, we heard about unity this morning, right? So he's saying, I've given gifts of pastor, teacher, prophet, I've given those gifts to build the body of Christ so that we can together minister and build up that we all may, may reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Attaining all the, measure, all the, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So our, our job as a body is to bring the good news of the gospel and the good message and the, is to be ministers of the gospel and to minister to that co-worker of yours and to minister to... I have this challenge in youth ministry where you know I, I want to go and hang out with youth in their high school, but that'd be a little creepy. Especially nowadays, like this... This guy's hanging out with you. Get him out of here. See you. No. Uh, we saying our job is to bring unity to the body of Christ so that we can mature. How does it say it? He's given some to be pastors, teachers, blah, 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 to prepare God's people for works of service that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Attaining the whole measure of fullness of Christ. You're maturity bringers. 
We are maturity bringers. Amen? Uh, uh, this last year in the youth ministry, we've been camped out talking about our, our theme for the year was actually, even before this, was, was going, going deeper. So we've been talking about going deeper in the Word, going deeper in uh, relationships, going deeper in prayer, going deeper. It was going deeper all year. Uh, and the kind of the scripture that God birthed out of that, and as we were praying for uh, in the fall kickoff retreat, uh, was Hebrews chapter 5. Why don't you go ahead and go there? Hebrews chapter 5, starting in verse 11. It says, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you're slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who, have, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from the acts that lead to death and faith in God and instruction about baptisms and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead or the eternal judgment. God permitting, we will do so. Uh, I like... Verse five, uh, chapter 5, verse 12 in the New Living Translation says, You've been Christians a long time now, and you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things a beginner must learn about scriptures. Some of you have been in this church 30 years. You should be teaching somebody else what you know. You've been a Christian a long time. Part of the maturing process is getting to a place where you take what you know and give it to somebody else. Where you start making disciples, where you start pouring your life into somebody else, into, into somebody. You know what? I, I've, I've learned it. I've learned P Pastor Jim's messages for the last 20 years. Woo! I should do something with it. You've been studying the Word. You've been reading the Word. You've been... And I'm not... I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm not saying that our church doesn't do this. I'm just saying that, that this, this scripture says part of the maturing process is there, there, there has to come a time in our life when, you know what, it's not, it's not just for me to get fat anymore. I have to give it to somebody else. I have to, I have to pour out to somebody else. I got I to gotta give it away. So the last, last point says uh, a mature person desires only personal, uh, not only personal growth, but, but, not, but multiplication. Someone who's immature doesn't even seek, doesn't seek growth, much less multiplication. I can tell you firsthand, I see it all the time. I can go back to the, the, the Matthew chapter 13, talking about the sower. I see kids that want to, I want to serve God, and I want to do things right, and I want to love my parents and I want to I want to do things but 
they don't allow the roots to go down. Because demonic influence, because persecution, because, ooh, they're going to find out I'm a Christian at school. They're intimidated. Because the worries of life, they don't allow the their roots to go down. And because of that, there's, there's an immaturity. There's a, eh, I don't, I don't really even care if, I don't really, I, I'm not growing. I don't really care. This is a nice social time. We've got to be careful we don't get there. We, don't got, we have to be careful we don't get in a place where we're just saying, eh, Spiritual maturity. I, I grew. I grew and did all my growing back in my teen years. I'm good now. Maturity and mat- spiritual maturity is a process, and it's something that happens continually. It's something we will forever be doing until we are Christ-like. Back to that, Matthew 13, it says, The man who hears the word and understands it produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what it's sown. I want my heart to be in a place where I'm receiving. I want my heart to be in a place where I want, I want to mature. I want my roots to go down deep. I don't want, I don't want the worries and cares of life, the, the worries of wealth and the worries of money and Forget all that stuff. I want the roots of God's word to go deep in my heart. And when, when it does go deep in your heart, it's a promise. It will produce fruit. The truth of God's word will produce fruit in your life. Now, if we had a bank open around the corner that yielded 160 or 30 times what you put in, We'd be all running there right after church. Some of you are leaving right now. <laughs> I, I challenge you with this. There's things in the Word of God. There's things God wants to release and mature in your life. There's things that He wants to speak to you. There's things that He wants the roots, the roots of His Word, the roots of who He is to go down deep in you. Don't get distracted by the worries of life. If something steals it away, demonic influence, pray against that. Get with somebody. Say, you know what? I'm, I'm trying to walk this ma- ma- spiritual maturity thing out, and there's something holding me back. I don't know what it is. There's something I keep hitting against. There's something I, I can't do. Th- we heard it this morning. We can't do this alone. Amen? We can't do this alone. We, can't, we cannot be spiritually mature alone. We can't do it. It's impossible. So this, this, uh, this week, our focus. Last week, we, uh, Andrew kind of gave a little thing in the, in the booklet about fasting. How many of you fasted something this week? I'm not asking you to go against Scripture and Toot your own horn. I fasted. <laughs> Fasting is good. It tells our flesh to shut up. It tells your flesh 
the desires of your body, the desires of your soul, that my spirit man is going to rule. My spirit is going to rule. My spirit is the one that's going to mature. Hello? Spiritual maturity. You know, when Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount and he said, he didn't give a lot of instruction about praying and fasting and giving. But he, he went, when he gave the Sermon on the Mount, he said, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. As if it's part of our Christian walk. It's part of what he's expecting Christians to do. When you pray, when you fast, when you give. So this week, we're, our, our, the exercise we're going to do, uh, we're going to do it corporately here. But we're going we're gonna to practice this week's practice. I don't, I don't even know if you, that's what you call it, but it's called the examine. Anybody heard of the examine? The scripture the Lord, Lord kind of dropped in my heart earlier as I was praying about this. Mark 4, verse 33, says, With many such similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. So he's speaking to the people in parables. Then he says this, He did not say anything to them without using parables. But when he was alone with his disciples... He explained everything. In the, in the crowdedness, in the busyness of life, in the, I'm in the crowd with Jesus, I'm hanging out with Jesus, we're, we're together today. Is Jesus only speaking to you in generalities and parables? And, or are you getting alone with him? Are you getting away with him and, and allowing him to examine, allowing him to It's not just him examining us, it's us examining him. God, where are you moving? Where are you speaking? What are you doing this week? Where where were you moving in my life? What were you saying to me? It's it's that that getting to the place where there's a consciousness of, I'm not just, there's a consciousness of his presence all the time. There's a consciousness of who he is all the time. There's a consciousness of him moving in our life. No matter what we're doing, where we're going. God, where are you moving? What are you saying? It's, it's constantly asking yourself, God, where are you removing today? What are you doing? How are you moving on my heart? How am I supposed to respond? I want to be a spiritually mature person. How do I respond to what you're asking me to do today? You know, the, the word of God has, has been given and there's, there's something in you that says, yes. Your spirit of man is saying, yes. I want to be spiritually mature. I want the roots of God's word to go deep in my heart. But already some of you are thinking about, what am I going to do this afternoon? You're already thinking about the cares and worries of life. You're already, there's demonic influence. Pray against that right now in Jesus' name. The word of God, he wants to do something. He wants to mature something in you. He wants to bring spiritual depth and maturity. We're going to take some time and just allow the Holy Spirit to do what He does. Examine our heart. We're going to allow Him to just 
We're going to get God conscious. Jesus, I pray that you would come right now. God, that your Holy Spirit would come and baptize, that your Holy Spirit would come and cleanse, that your Holy Spirit would come, bring revelation of who you are, bring revelation of Jesus, bring revelation of the Father's love. God, that every one of us in here, God, would be marked with something in us that goes deep. God, the roots of your word, the roots of who you are would go deep in our life. God, I pray that we would respond this morning to what you're calling and asking us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, we ask that you would be God alone in our life this week. Lord, that we wouldn't get into the, give in to the de- demonic influences. We wouldn't give in to the old mindsets, old patterns. God, we wouldn't give in to uh, the cares and worries of life. We wouldn't give in to all the stuff the world has to offer. God, we would give in to you, give in to your word. God, that we would be a people of spiritual depth. God, that we would have a depth in us. God, that goes deep that's unchangeable, unshakable, and it's rooted in who you are. God, we ask for your blessing. We ask for your peace and your favor to be on each one in this, in this house. Jesus, we ask that you would continually throughout this week examine, show up, show off. God, as we examine you and examine who you are, examine where you're moving and what you're doing, God, it would be clear to every one of us, wow, it's simple. It's easy to see God moving. God, I, I pray for that, that kind of grace this week. Just ask you would move mightily and work. God, we pray your protection and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in his grace.